Christmas edition, the holiday edition. Before the break, <clears throat> get all these topics out the way, and we're going to have us a good, good holiday season, right? Check, check, check. All right, check, check. All right, everybody. We are back. I want to welcome y'all back to the Applying Logic podcast. I am your host, Rich. And I know I said it's been, I know I said it would be every week. It's been a little bit more than a week, but we're back. This is the holiday episode. So we are going to get through this. A lot of topics to discuss. Glad to be back with y'all. Shout out to the homie who hit me up talking about, yo, so what's up with the next episode? <laughs> I appreciate you guys that are listening, that are paying attention, that are rocking with me, that are hitting me up. Um, I do this for you guys. Well, I do this for me, but I also do this for you guys. So shout out to everybody who is listening, who's locked in, who's tuning in, whether it's on the YouTube, whether you're listening to the audio. However you tune in, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you on this new project that I got going on, the Applying Logic podcast. Um, also... If you want to hear any topics, any things you want me to discuss, things you want me to talk about, feel free to hit me up, slide in the DMs. For those of you that know me, you know I'm very easy to reach, so let me know what you guys want to hear, and we will get to it if we, you know, if it's something that warrants discussing. So, that being said, this is the holiday edition. I do not believe, I don't see a scenario, man, it's hot in here. I don't see a scenario where I'll be able to get another episode in before the new year, so to all of you, I want to say happy holidays, happy new year. Um, we will see you guys in the 2024. So enjoy it. Spend time with your family. Do all the good and great things you love to do when you get that Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holiday break, whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate it. Enjoy it. And we will be back to rock with you guys in the 2024. Same with the Guys Unpack podcast. Dre, shout out to you, homie. He's out in Trinidad right now, enjoying life. So we will link up in the 2024 for the next episode of the Guys Unpacked podcast. But make sure you follow, like, and subscribe. If you are feeling what we're doing, this is the best way to support us, the easiest way to support us. Subscribe to the page, share it with your friends, log on, listen to the podcast. And that's that. Okay. Like I said, a lot of topics to discuss today. So I'm going to try to get through all of it before I eventually have to go to bed. But we want to start with, since this is the last episode we're going to have prior to the break for the holidays, the next time I'm going to see those of you in the DMV area or planning on being in the DMV area, of course, is at Seku Flex's big New Year's Day gala, all-inclusive gala. It's called Royalty. It's going down New Year's Day. Here in the DMV, D.C. area, follow Seku Flex. He got the tickets right now. They're on EliteTix.com. But follow Seku Flex on Instagram, and you'll get all the information. Tickets are only $60 right now, all-inclusive. That's food and drinks, the perfect way to start your new year. To kick off 2024 is inside a royalty, all-inclusive gala. Brought to you by Seku Flex right here in the DMV. Get your outfits together. Go get your your your, your suits get your dresses get your cut ladies 
get all your makeup, your facial, all that stuff. You know, we celebrate in the new year. We are starting the new year right on the right foot. And we're going to meet y'all at Royalty. It's going down, like I said, in the D.C., in the DMV area. I believe it's in the Capitol Heights area. And it's going to be a good time. Royalty the last few years has always been a scene. So this year, I don't expect anything different. And with that said, we're going to get things started. Um, first topic I want to get to is um, Trinidad Carnival for 2024. But not Carnival itself, not the overall celebration, but one individual in particular. Um, and he goes by the name of Marshall Montano. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fett, as they call him, Double M, the monk. Marshall. You told people last year you would never miss our next carnival again. Big tune for last year. You're singing it. I I will never miss our next carnival again. Right? Yet, this year, they say you're skipping carnival. <laughs> what are really going on, Marshall? Like, Marshall Montano, known to a lot of people as the king of carnival. You know, he's been in the game 40 years, double M. One of the greatest performers, one of the greatest catalogs of soca music, um, just an incomparable artist, is skipping 2024 Carnival because he is getting his master's in Carnival Studies at the University of the West Indies. I just want to make sure I have this. I'm reading this correctly. Yes. A master's of arts in Carnival Studies um, at the University of the West Indies. And let me start by saying I'm not about to discourage or disparage anyone for pursuing higher education. That would be crazy. I would I would be out here sounding like a nut saying that somebody shouldn't pursue their goals and their dreams. I, in fact, have a good friend of mine. Shout out to her. She's skipping Carnival um, this year in pursuit of a doctorate. Um, and so we will be calling her doctor very soon in the 2024. Shout out to you. That said, Marshall pursuing a degree in carnival studies is like if ever there was an honorary degree that UE should just give somebody, not even the honorary degree, like that UE should just give him based on credits earned from, you know, previous work experience, it's that. Like, Marshall going to school for Carnival Studies sounds a little redundant. Like, half of the course curriculum is going to be studying him. You know, like, and I'm not even trying to be funny. It's like, if you are studying the story of Carnival in Trinidad, you can't skip over the chapter on Marshall. So for him to be getting the master's in that program, and I don't know what the program consists of, so I'm not pretending like I, I know what the, the curriculum is. It's just you skipping Carnival to get probably the most useless degree to you that I couldn't think of a thing he could do with this degree. And I've been talking to like my friends. Like we, we, you know, we're making jokes about it, but like, what is Marshall going to do with a degree in carnival studies what what is the what's the end goal of that other than just saying i got the degree you know what i'm saying like you see people who go back to school they finish they they were 
you know, professional athletes or actors or whatever, and then they either transition into a different career or they go back to get the degree just because they want to say they had it. And I understand that concept. I really do. <laughs> but 40 years in the game, like you just celebrated 40 years in Soka. And to now decide, yeah, I'm going to go back and get my degree in carnival studies. And I skip in carnival to do that. That's the part that's really like throwing me off that you decide you're not doing carnival this year, skipping it all together to get a degree in carnival studies as a man who has been proclaimed not just by yourself, but by many in the industry as the king of soca, the king of carnival. So, uh, 2024 is already shaping up to be a strange year when it starts off with information like that. Marshall Montano has decided he's not doing Carnival for 2024. I don't, like I said, that was my comment. I just thought it was a load of BS that that's, that that's the route you've taken. I don't know if it's a publicity stunt. One of my boys was saying he don't believe it's true. He thinks it's a kind of, you know, you tell people that and then you pop up here. I think the only... The only possible part of this that could be a smart move, a smart play on his part, is if part of the purpose of doing this is, okay, I'm not going to be a Trinidad for Carnival, right? I'm going to skip the Mecca because, let's be honest, Marshall doesn't need it. He doesn't need Carnival for his career. He doesn't need Carnival to push his music if he decides to make music this year. And, he, and that's probably what it comes down to. He's probably not putting out any new Soka this year. So he doesn't need Carnival. He doesn't need the the awards. He doesn't even compete in Soka Monarch anymore. Road March, that's, all of that is like in his past. Let you know The newer generation is coming up and they dominate in that space anyway. But if Marshall and Tribe... And they are, as far as I know, are doing melee this year. Then you're saying, hey, this is the place, the only place to see me perform live. And, and maybe he does some other performances after that. But prior to melee, and if it's to sit around the same time as it was this year, he could really push and market that more aggressively because he's now taking himself out of these other arenas and not performing in any of these other places. I don't know I don't know that he's not performing anywhere else. I don't know that to be true. I'm just speculating because I'm trying to look at what would be a potential benefit to him to skip carnival. And and don't give me the benefit of pursuing higher education. I don't believe it. I'm I'm not even <laughs> not even entertaining that as a possibility because of what he's studying. So we're going to move on from that immediately. I'm looking at what might be the reason to take that route. And if you're telling me it's to sell Melee more aggressively as like the only place or the first place you get to see Double M perform for 2024, I'll kind of give you that. I still don't think it warrants skipping Carnival, but, you know, that could be the play. <laughs> so, but yeah, Marshall skipping Carnival for 2024. Um... But off Marshall, though, the 2024 Soka music, um, it has been, so far, I, I want to say, I want to shout out the artists who have come out and put out quality music early. Oftentimes, 
you see if you're getting any music prior to January uh, January 1st, it, it's something that you know that they're not even putting a lot of effort or uh, energy or emphasis behind. It's just something you're putting out just to put out. And then you get this quiet, quiet time. Then suddenly January 1st, everybody starts to flood the market with music. And now the DJs are scrambling. They can't even play all the, they can't even listen to all the music that's being that that drops january 1st so f- for them to properly put the music into a mix for us to hear it far less to decide what should be played in parties or the clubs so it's like this avalanche of music drops at the start of the new year and only a small percentage of it ever gets played and a smaller percentage of it gets played past like making it onto a mix. So I'm glad to see that this year so many big artists have put music out starting in November and you're getting a lot of good music in January. I mean, in December as well. Um, A couple of standouts to me right now. Uh, Obviously, Nyla, um, not Nyla, Nadia, Nadia Batson, Market, great song i love it um i think that's gonna be a big tune this year recent drops two recent drops really caught my attention now i need to let both of them play a little bit more i need to hear them in the proper space in the proper context to to be able to provide to give a good opinion on it but skinny and lyrical drop a song i think it came out today or yesterday called hurricane um that might grow to be a problem or it may fade out but like i like it so that i'm not predicting what how the i'm not predicting what the reception of the song will be because oftentimes by the time you hit january some more bigger tunes drop but on initial listen hurricane could be a problem if them dudes get behind that song and market it properly and really push it yeah hurricane is is a real good feel good song power soca love the energy behind it skinny and lyrical i i can't i thought back i don't think those two have collaborated on a song before so this may be the first collab from those two like they have rhythms that they're on together particularly the one they have this year with um shameless and stick on um i can't remember the name of the rhythm itself but yeah, getting those two on a song together, it sounds like it's going to be a problem. And I like the song. It's called Hurricane, Skinny and Lyrical, Skinny Fabulous and Lyrical. Also, what came out? Uh, Nyla. So Nyla had a song that um, she dropped earlier, either earlier, not earlier this month. Like I think it came out in like November, called um, Jam of the Year. And I love that song. It, it's, it doesn't quite have the energy of Come Home. And I think a part of that is because it's missing Skinny on it. Like, not to say the song is missing Skinny, but like Come Home was what it was because of that energy and vibe of Nyla and Skinny on the song together that created this, this soca magic that I don't think um, either one of them can replicate without the other at this point. And I think honestly, if they if they sat in a studio right now and tried to replicate that, they wouldn't be able to because it was such a great song 
it it embodied having missed the carnivals the year before and being the first one coming back. So Come Home will have a special place in my heart moving forward. And DJs, don't feel um don't feel any type of way about playing it this year. Feel free to play Come Home again this year to your liking. So um Jam of the Year was good though. That that's her that is her entry for 2020. Well, one of her entries for 2024. It came out last month. And I like it. Really like the song. Um, I like the Round and Rosie song too, you know, the, the little Bouillon uh, vibe that got everybody doing a challenge, that got doing the little Round and Rosie challenge dance. But um, that that's good in effect. But I, I'm just talking about like the the listening to the pure soca music. I like Jam of the Year. I bring that up because Nyla dropped one today with Pumper from the VI. Anybody who know Pumper, Mr. A-list. If it ain't end with a A, bend right over. Yeah. So Nyla and Pumper drop a song today. Um, honestly, I feel so bad. I don't even remember the name of the song. Hang on. I'll look it up. But while I look it up, Nyla and Pumper drop a song today. And on first listen, again, kind of like how I felt about the, the Lyrical and Skinny song. On first listen, the tune bad. Now, my opinion might change after hearing it, you know, a few more times. Because I haven't heard either song in a mix or in a FET or even in my car, like really, really bumping the tune. So... Once I actually get to hear it the way it's supposed to be heard, my opinion might change. I may like it more or less, but um, both of them songs. Oh, the name of the song, Born to Fly. Nyla, and, Nyla Blackman and Pumper, Born to Fly. Um, yeah, first listen is a vibe. It's a vibe on the first listen. So when you get a chance, go check out both of those songs. And honestly, check out all of the the new 2024 Soka. Like I told you, the Nadia um, got one, Mikel Teja, DNA, that is my song. That is my song right now for 2024. Like, it's one of them songs that just embodies the spirit of Carnival. So if you if you haven't heard any 2024 Soka yet, people, get familiar, familiarize yourself. The music is available. It's on all the streaming platforms. It's on all the DSPs. If you log on, if you go on Instagram, follow any of the artists that you like, they will tell you when they have music dropping. You can find it. There's no reason why we as the patrons should not know the music. Because if we, because now is the time where we need to start holding the DJs accountable for playing the music. And I'm not going to make this a DJ rant. I'm not going to make this my rant about DJs and new soca. I'm just saying we as the patrons, now is the time that we need to make that effort to go out, seek the new music so we can, you know, hear it. Get familiar with it so when we hear it in a party, we hear it in a FET, we're not listening to it for the first time in that FET. Um, so that's it for the new stuff. Oh, but before I leave this topic, shout out to Kess. Kess dropped a video. Uh, as of the time of this recording, I haven't seen the video yet. I'm going to go look it up once I get done here. But he dropped a video for... The song for spite. And that song was criminally underplayed and underrated in 2023. I am so glad to see Kess 
now putting a video out for it because I don't know if his team recognized that the song did not get the love it deserved when it was new and decided it's they're going to try to get it a second run. I don't care why the video is coming out this late. I love the fact that it's out now, and I hope that there is a resurgence. I need y'all, if you did not hear For Spite last year, or you heard it in passing, and you realized you didn't get a full listen, go listen to that song. Go stream For Spite by Kess. F-U-H-S-P-I-T-E. That song was so criminally underrated in a crowded season last year. We understand first year back from Carnival, and you had some big hits, so it's easy for something to slip between the cracks, get lost in the sauce, but nah, Kess put out an amazing tune, and it did not get the love it deserved. I'm glad he's just putting the video out, so now we can start to get some some run from that particular song. So shout out to you, Kess, for spite. It's a vibe. The song is bad. I haven't even seen the video yet, but I saw a clip as they were making the video, and I already know that video gonna be gonna be madness. So I am ready. I'm I'm ready for the new Soka, ready for the season, ready for everything that the new carnival season is bringing. So I'm here for it. And apparently, um, it's just Marshall not <laughs> involved this year because he he's getting yeah, masters in in carnival studies of all things. So, um, but all right, that's that is that is my rant on. All things Carnival that have come to mind. Um, hit me up. Let me know who you're playing with. Yuma, Tribe, Lost Tribe, who, which band you're playing with, which parties you're going to. I really want to hear what parties people are going to. So by all means, let me hear your FET lineup. Shoot me a DM, comment. If you're watching this on the YouTube, comment. Let me know what parties you're going to, what band you're playing with when you're landing in Trinidad. You're not going to give me your whole itinerary, stuff like that, but just like... Let me know what your training experience is going to be. I have not fully decided what I'm doing yet, and a lot of it is going to come down. It's going to come down to a lot of factors, actually, more so than in years past. So we'll see. I'm still trying. The goal is to make it to Trinidad, but I also said to myself, "Look, if Marshall could skip a carnival, who am I? You know what I'm saying? Who am I? Because the the king of Soka going this year. So that's <laughs> a strange time we're living in right now." All right. <sighs> Off the carnival stuff. Um, it's cruising the internet today. And the story, well, not even today, yesterday. And this story um, hit my feed. Anthony Edwards. <laughs> if you haven't heard this story, it's nuts. But it's really not so nuts. Like, it's, it's only crazy until you realize how common it is and then it's like yeah i've i've have a friend who's done this or not not to this level not not to this level but you know somebody in this situation or who's been in this situation because when i thought about it i could think of a few people i know personally that has been on one end of this or the other so if you haven't heard anthony edwards um nba player got a model pregnant um, her name is Paige Jorday. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. J-O-R-D-A-E. Checking my notes, but I don't remember. I don't know if I if I'm pronouncing her name right. But anyway, um, messing with this model, got her pregnant, right? 
You've heard it before. This, the story's nothing new. Um, hits her up. She shared the messages between them, which is what's nuts. Um, Anthony Edwards did not want the baby. And so he was on his feed, or not on his feed, in the text message exchange between himself and um, Paige, Miss Jorday, convincing her or trying to talk her into getting an abortion. And he was willing to, he was paying her $100,000, um, telling her he didn't want the kid, you know, telling her how she's messing stuff up. Telling her she could go take the pill, all this craziness, like just, just really, really saying, "Yo, I don't want this child, so I need you to do what you got to do." And and to his credit, he paid her. You know, sent her a hundred k. Um, so all the messages got shared, and that joint, you know, spread all over social media real quick. And it got me to thinking, because. Like I said, I've I've had friends, male and female, on on different ends of this same debate, discussion, conundrum, <laughs> situation, however you want to phrase it. And it's just so puzzling and absurd, but also normal and 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 part of the culture to me. Like for something that I that I personally think is so nuts to be so commonplace is in itself bizarre to me, you know? Um, so I want to start by saying before anything else that I'm about to say may get lost or misconstrued, I need to make sure I'm extremely clear in my stance that I believe firmly in a woman's right to make the decision, make any decisions dealing with her body, her reproductive system, all of those things. I'm a, I'm pro-choice. Um, my personal beliefs are completely aside from that. If you've heard me talk about anything along these lines on the Guys Unpacked podcast, you know, I am a, I, I'm not a fan of abortion, but I'm also absolutely not going to tell a woman what to do if she is in a situation where she's pregnant and decides not to keep the child um, or decides to keep the child. My problem starts with the men who find themselves in these situations and make the decision that they feel like it's appropriate to I don't know, try to force or pressure the women into doing something that they may, may or may not be comfortable with. And it's such a loaded like topic because on the one hand, you don't want to bring a child into this world with an unwilling parent because that could create so much unnecessary um, hardship for that child, right? So you would ideally want to bring a child into the world, into a loving family, both parents wanting the child, whether they stayed, like ideally, ideally they're together, they're married and they're going to raise the child in, in a single family household. Um, at a minimum, 
you want there to be two loving, willing parents who, whether they stay together or not, are going to be active and involved in that child's life. What you don't want is situations where one of the parents doesn't, like adamantly doesn't want the child because now you're just bringing this child into the world with a with an unnecessary hardship, in my opinion. Um, so you never want that to be the starting point. But as a man, when you find yourself in that situation, you are not there by accident. You did not stumble into this situation. You made several decisions along the way that got you to where you are that you're now dealing with the fact that this young lady is pregnant. There's no, you know, there's, yes, you can have the one-offs, the things where you talk about, oh, the drunken night or whatever, but like in more often than not, more often than not, there were steps along the way that led you to where you are right now, okay? And those are the situations I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the situations where um, the man is in any kind of compromised position that puts him there. I'm talking about the the men that knew where that that knew what they were doing and got here, where this young lady is pregnant. To take that situation and try to force her or manipulate her or whatever you want to call it, whatever terminology you want to use, to hold it against her head or try to guilt trip her into getting an abortion because you didn't want a kid and you don't want a kid always sounds crazy to me because you were an active participant in what got y'all here. So now that you're here, yeah, you could say, hey, I don't want, I, I just feel like you can say that ideally this would not be the best situation. You know, we shouldn't do this, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if she's going to go forward to have the kid, then you have a responsibility. How you choose to accept that responsibility is up to you, whether it's just financially or you're going to be an active participant. But regardless, you have a certain level of responsibility because you were a participant in the situation that brought this child to be here. That said, ladies... <laughs> Y'all ain't off the hook for this either. You are the ones who have to carry the children and raise them, and, and in most cases raise them. But you at a minimum are the one that has to deal with the pregnancy if you decide to keep the child. And even if you decide to terminate the pregnancy, you're the one who has to deal with the physical and um, emotional trauma that comes with that. Some handle it better than others. I know several people who have done it, whether it, you know, what by whatever means, and it, it, none of them have said it's been an easy thing. It's not an easy decision to make. And even when it is an easy decision to make, just the process, you know, it's like, I'm a man. I've never gone through it. I will never have to go through it. So I don't want to sit here and pretend to describe what it's like. I'm just saying what I hear from people makes me feel like, damn, I don't want to go through that. 
So if you as a woman don't want to go through that, you really got to play a more active role in 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 making sure that you don't wind up in those situations where you are pregnant by some dude that doesn't want the kid or is not going to want the kid. Like so the the model uh Paige, Paige Jorday in the in the Anthony Edwards situation, in the text message she's saying that you know she had an abortion um of her son a few years back and she regretted it. So she was using that um as justification for saying why, you know, she is having second thoughts about you know, whether or not to go through with, you know, having the abortion with this kid. But if you've been through that already and you regretted it, why would you be an active participant in a situation that could lead you back down that road to make a decision that you regretted when you made it? You know, like, you have a part to play in that too. And that's what puzzles me with all of this. Because, yeah, we have human, simple human nature and doing things that feel good in the moment. But we're all grown now. We are adults. There are several steps between meeting someone and pregnancy. Several steps that you can take to avoid getting to that point. I'm not going to list all the steps, but I'm just saying, like, between the man and the woman, there are things you can do. Even like, yo, as a grown-up, I learned, and I don't even feel bad for learning this, because I learned this, and a homegirl of mine also learned it in real time. But I learned um, not too long ago, plan B doesn't work if you're ovulating. Those are things we should know as grown-ups. If that's your if that's your way of dealing with an unwanted um, potential pregnancy, yeah, know that if you're ovulating, Plan B is not going to work. I didn't realize that. I learned that recently, and I learned that when one of my homegirls learned it. So I did, like I said, I did not feel bad about the time in my life when I learned it. I just feel like when you make those decisions, you are being irresponsible. And yes, it is easy to say, well, you know, we could just deal with it. We can terminate it. Cool. You as a man could want that to happen. You can't make that woman do that. So if she chooses not to, yeah, bruh, now you're on the hook financially. And you just have to own that. Ideally, you would want to say, hey, you're going to do the, do the right thing and be an active participant in the life of the child you help make. But I know that that's ideals and not everyone is going to view it the same way. But at a minimum, that's going to cost you some money. And you just kind of got to own that. And, you know, not going to speak on their situation specifically because I read it all the way through. I saw his statement afterwards and everything and, you know, that his publicist or PR person wrote because it definitely wasn't him. Um, and, yeah, they're going to be fine and they're going to handle the situation how they handle it. But it's like... Now I'm looking at it from the perspective of someone who knows people who are not NBA players, who find themselves in these situations, either as the man impregnating a woman that he has no business doing because he knows he doesn't want to be with him long term, 
and now they're having a child and now you're mad at her for having for keeping the child that you helped make or as the woman who is mad at the man for not being there for a child that he didn't want both of you sound crazy to me i'm sorry it's it's 2024 we are most of us are grown because I'm not even talking about teenagers and, and early 20s who just, you know, getting started. I'm talking about mid to late 20s, 30s. Honestly, from the time you hit your mid to late 20s, you're too old to be making that mistake. That's not one of those I think you need to be in your 30s and 40s to learn from. Like mid to late 20s is where you, if you're a teenager and you slip up, I get that. I'm not mad at you for that. But like you hit them 20s like, yo. The sex is good and great and whatever, but you you know what the potential long-term repercussions are if you don't do certain things. So all I'm saying is, and I'm going to get off of this topic now, but <laughs> fellas, if you know you don't want or are not ready for or are not willing to deal with having a child with a woman that you are only casually messing with, there are several steps you can take along the route that will keep her from getting pregnant. And ladies, same same thing. <laughs> if you know you don't want a kid with this dude and and or you're you know he's not going to be there and be a father, if you're looking at his past and he got two, three kids he's not taking care of, then and you have a kid for him, then like honestly, at that point you get what you deserve. Like <laughs> He's showing you the evidence is there. He's put it in front of you. You know he got three kids and you don't see none of them. That's probably not somebody that you should have kid number four or five, four. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, hopefully, I mean, Anthony Edwards and this young lady are going to be fine because he got the money to deal with it. So those of you who don't, hopefully I'll take a little bit of something from what I said and you apply that to how you carry on in your shenanigans <laughs> moving forward. But that's all I got to say on that. Um, on to some more. I don't know if this is good news. I don't know if this is a positive story. And I'm honestly waiting to see how this plays out before I even formulate a, a full-blown opinion on it. But today in the news... Uh, the Colorado State Supreme Court blocked 45 Donald Trump from being on their ballot for president. They overruled a lower court decision. What does that mean? Well, first of all, the reason they did it was um, they cited the 14th Amendment and um, because they are saying he incited an insurrection and is not eligible to be president. That's interesting and insane at the same time um i'm not viewing it as a as a i'm not viewing it as a win quote unquote or a positive yet because as you know i am adamantly anti-trump i'm not even anti-republican i'm just like just not trump like i don't care for republican runs and wins um i i would rather a seasoned professional politician who knows the ins who can navigate the office in a way that makes sense I just the the Trump presidency like if you if you thought the Trump presidency was 
a positive, then you you weren't actually paying attention. Um, I'm not. I don't have the time or the effort or the energy. I don't have the time or the energy to put in the effort to going into that tonight with anyone. Right. I'm just gonna say I am adamantly against it. So, in the short term, the Colorado ruling is it makes sense. It sounds great. But you already know that this is going to go to the Supreme Court, and there are six Republican justices on the Supreme Court, three of them appointed by Trump. So the the odds of this standing as is, I don't know. I'm not going to say they're, I'm not going to say that they're high or low, because what I've seen is that these justices don't just vote for Trump. You know, they are going to apply the law in how they, they vote. And right now, they're no longer beholden to Trump because that position is a lifetime position. So it's not like there's anything he can do that can get them removed. So they're they're set. However, if you're looking at like things like the Roe v. Wade decision, you know that they are also very conservative in their thoughts and their mindset and their views. So um, I'm just not sure what's going to happen if and when this case reaches the Supreme Court. I would like to see other states take similar stances. Yes, it may be states, because to be fair, like the the judges in the Colorado case were all appointed by Democratic governors. So you see where the politics plays a role in how things happen. And and not to overly politicize this part of the show, because do that on Guys Unpacked, but it just gives an example of why voting is important, because the people who appoint the people who make the laws matter. So if I am a governor and my viewpoints are not aligned with you, the citizen, yeah, I may only be here for four years or six years, but I can appoint a judge who's going to be here for longer, and they're going to be making the laws for this city, this state, this, you know, for you, for this legislature, this body of people, after I've left office, they're still going to be ruling and presiding over cases here. And so my impact stays even longer, more so at the Supreme Court level, because that's the final say. If it goes to the Supreme Court and a ruling is made, that's the answer. There's not another court to appeal it to. So that was my that was my vote or die moment, my, you know, we all got to vote and we all got to pay attention to how we're voting and actually learn about the candidates a little bit. But all that to say, um, I would like to see some other states enact similar um, laws and policies because, quite frankly, I believe he should have been deemed ineligible. If nothing else, I don't care about jail time or any of that other stuff, right? I do believe, if nothing else, for what happened on January 6th, he should be ineligible to hold public office again. I don't even think that's such a crazy notion. And I think that if the Republicans would just get behind some of that, you get out from under the shadow of Donald Trump, which a lot of regular thinking conservatives feel like. They want to get out from under this shadow. They want to get out from under his thumb. So... That, to me, seems like an easy fix, that we start to back some of these laws from some of these states that just keeps them off the ballot altogether, you know? 
make it real simple. Keep him off the ballot altogether. So that was some fun news from me because obviously, like I said, I would like to see this happen, but I'm not overly optimistic about it because dude is Teflon, yo. Dude facing charges. He's not even showing up to trial. He's not showing up to to debates no more. He just doing what he's doing and and still leading the polls, doing borderline nothing, just chilling. You know what I mean? So many charges right now, and he's just like, whatever, skipping the debates altogether and winning the debates from home, like not even participating, but still leading in the polls. So it's nuts right now in the Republican Party. I don't even understand. I don't even understand what's happening, but it's it's interesting and fascinating to watch, but at the same time, kind of scary because it shows the power and influence of this man and how appealing to certain base groups um, because they feel aligned with you, how targeting them in your rhetoric can lead you to power because now you're seeing how many people are really, really just aligned with his way of thinking. So I'm going to hope for the best and prepare for whatever comes. So, And of course, now that we got all the, all of the, the fun st- all of the other stuff out the way we're going to get to the fun stuff um this this is going to be uh dealt with in two parts i got to talk about cuz i'm getting into my tv movies stuff you know that's what i do on the applying logic podcast i am going to get into my nerd bag we're going to get to the marvel stuff we're going to get to the movies and all this other stuff um but i have to start with the breaking news or was breaking news yesterday Jonathan Majors was found guilty. Um, I know most people saw the video, him running <laughs> running from old girl on the street, like for blocks and blocks and blocks, damn near all the way through New York. But um, that aside, the evidence against him was so much that he was found guilty on the the assault and the harassment charge. I think he was acquitted of two, but it doesn't matter because once he was found guilty of enough, right? Two misdemeanor counts. So just so we understand and we're clear, uh, sentencing is going to happen in February. Nobody believes he's going to do any actual jail time. It was a misdemeanor assault charge and a misdemeanor harassment charge. And I know you're there. Uh, it's because it was a girlfriend. It's there. It's um, attaching the, the DV aspect to it. But, I was listening to a lot of legal people today and, you know, some of them were even saying like, if this was not Jonathan Majors, if this wasn't a high profile actor, there's a chance it wasn't even going to trial. Like this would have been settled and pled out or whatever. So it went to trial. There was a guilty verdict. It's a misdemeanor. Max punishment is up to a year. He is probably, and I could be wrong. He is probably going to end up getting like probation, community service, have to go to anger management, uh, counseling, stuff like that. Like nobody, I don't believe and nobody that I've listened to today online, and I'm talking about listening to like lawyers, not just random people speculating. No one believes he's doing any jail time behind this. So that's the one aspect of the story because the verdict came in. Not a full hour after after the verdict hit the news cycle, 
Marvel announced fired. <laughs> they dropped him immediately, which means to me, he was already dropped. Like we could go back and and watch the 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 writing on the wall from like how they've been moving, the the directors being replaced, things like that. But the way they wrote like the last couple episodes of Loki, etc. But I'm just saying like. I feel like they already made the decision, but in the interest of making sure that they were fair, because if you remember, like there's been cases where like with Johnny Depp and like with James Gunn, where studios would drop people immediately. And then the rest of the story comes out. And now the the person that got dropped doesn't look so nuts anymore. So now you as a studio, you're dealing with backlash from the fans. You look like you acted too hastily. Then you throw in the race thing where it's like, yo, it's a black man, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure Disney wanted to be like, ah, right, you know what? Cool. We'll wait. But in the meantime, they already made the plans to move off of Jonathan Majors. So once the verdict dropped, like it wasn't an hour later, Disney announces Jonathan Majors is fired. He's out as Kang, blah, 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 blah. And the nerd world went into a mini frenzy because it's like, all right, well, what does this mean? What's the next step? What are we going to do? Because... He was talking about the Kang Dynasty and then Secret Wars and he was going to be the next big bad and blah, 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 blah. All of that really kind of feels like it was already being dealt with. And when you kind of look back at the signs of how Marvel has been moving, you realize that they were prepared to move off of Jonathan Majors, and it almost seems like they were going to move off of Jonathan Majors regardless of the outcome of this case. Like when you look at some of the decisions that were made prior to this verdict, it it they were prepping for this, and it's and you already heard the rumors and the rumblings that they were moving off of Jonathan Majors and going to go in a different direction in terms of who would be the main villain for this next saga, the multiverse saga, if they're even still still going to do a multiverse saga. But um, they really have been positioning themselves to get out of this. I was watching a screen, uh, screen Crush today with Ryan Airy, and they were talking about how they the fifth episode of Loki was rewritten. Um, the director from Loki, I think, got the, the original director or writer from the Kang Dynasty was replaced with the writer or director, I think, from Loki. But the bottom line is the person who was either writing or directing the Kang Dynasty was replaced recently, like in the midst of all of the Jonathan Major stuff. The fifth episode of Loki did not include Jonathan Major's Victor Timely character at all. So, and then at the end of Loki, they kind of had a little throwaway line where it looks like they are setting up to not have to deal with Kang in the future. So it already looks like Disney was starting to position themselves to be able to pivot off of this character. Like they even said that uh, it was leaked from one of their meetings that they were considering moving on to Dr. Doom. But when you watch more little shows and stuff, you know, the screen crushes and, and what, and what have you, they were saying, yeah, nothing ever leaks from this studio. So if there was a leak, it sounds like it was an intentional leak to let fans know so that they could kind of, of gauge people's response to the leaked information, like whether they were in favor of it or not. So 
So the bottom line is they were saying that there was a leak that Jonathan, Jonathan Major's contract included a clause where only he could play Kang. So he would not have to play Kang alongside other actors while he was in um, the MCU. We know that they loved the character so much that they really expanded their role and how they were going to use him moving forward in the multiverse saga. So it was a real hit for them as a studio that this this charge came. You could even rewind it to there was there was talk that Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania did not get the reception that the studio thought it would get. I liked the movie; I enjoyed it, but I understand why some people didn't. And a big part of the problem with the movie was Kang lost at the end. So your opportunity. Even if you were getting a lukewarm reception, if people knew that that movie ended with Kang, like, killing Ant-Man, killing Scott Lang, even if they're both stuck in the quantum realm, like, if, like there were opportunities to end that movie in a way that would have drove more people back to the theaters for the shock value. But they went with the safe route, like... Oh, he was beaten. You had your main villain for your next saga get beaten the first two times out. He was killed in Loki, and then he was killed in the end of Quantum, or beaten in the end of Quantumania. No one knows for sure if he died. But the bottom line is, as powerful as you built him up to look, even throughout the movie, he should not have lost in the end. Remember, when they introduced Thanos... Thanos did not take one single significant loss until Endgame. To the point where he wiped out, he won Infinity War. Accomplished what he set out to do. So I'm just saying, if you're going to have a character like Kang and you're setting him up to be this multiversal threat, he should not have lost his first two outings because now I'm not anticipating you as a character having any kind of significant impact. I saw you got beat twice, you know? And again, these are not original thoughts. Like these are thoughts that I had, but these are thoughts that have been shared by other fans of Marvel, both publicly and just in conversations I've had. So Kang, they they were not doing a good job with their setup for Kang. Add to that, the controversy with Majors, it makes sense for them to say, you know what? We can pivot off of this character in general. He's not being well-received. Majors is, is going through what he's going through. Um, we as Disney can't have this guy who's just been convicted of, of a DV assault as the, the leading antagonist in our next saga. Like, we'll look crazy for doing that. So, you know, the pivot had to happen. The moves had to be made. People get it. Completely understand. Um, now... The question becomes, what is Marvel's next move? Well, there's talk, there's obviously been the talk of Doctor Doom. And I'm saying obviously because I feel like if you're listening to this portion of the show, you know a little bit about the nerd stuff because I've talked I've talked about it and it's been kind of public. Um, if you haven't, I apologize. I'm not trying to pretend like like this is is quote unquote public knowledge, even though it is. But there's been the talk of Doctor Doom being the main antagonist 
for those of you who were who followed the comics, Doctor Doom was the the main antagonist in the original Secret Wars comic. So that would make sense. I feel like if that's the route Disney's gonna take, great, cool, but then push the movies back because you don't want to try to introduce a character like that in a in a rushed way. So take some time and say, okay, what can we do to build up to that? Whether it's bringing the X-Men in and moving up their introduction into the universe or going with the young Avengers. You've been setting up all of these younger versions of the Avengers for the last couple of years. Let's get some payoff to that. Let's do a young Avengers movie. You know, that was teased at the end of Quantum Mania. No, at the end of Miss, uh, the Marvels. At the end of the Marvels, they teased the 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 um the building of a new team of Avengers, the Young Avengers. So you have properties that you can throw in into the middle, and not I say throw into the middle. You have properties that you can build on as you build up Doctor Doom as this looming bad guy in the background, kind of the way you did with Thanos, where you slow walked the the Thanos pieces up until Infinity War. And then when he debuted in Infinity War, he was unstoppable for a full movie. <coughs> you had this this force that was just the presence on scene just stole the entire show. So let's if we're gonna do Doctor Doom, which again is what you should have done with Kang, but that ship apparently is sailed. If you're gonna do Doctor Doom, then yeah, let's do do it right, Marvel. That's what we're saying. Like. You can combat the the so-called superhero fatigue by putting out a good product, something that people actually want to see, a well-thought-out, well-put-together movie like you have been. And this is an opportunity. This is is more of an opportunity than uh, a setback, that you had properties that were not doing well under this current... um, this current format and formula, this multiverse saga that you were going to center around Jonathan Majors, it wasn't taking off the way you you wanted it to. Okay, cool. Well, he's getting shelved anyway, so now let's throw some more Disney Plus content in the middle, something quality, and let's make a good movie. But let's if we have to push it back a year because we need to rewrite, do whatever, push it back. We're going to wait. The fans are going to wait. And speaking of Disney Plus... The next two things coming from Disney Plus both look great. It, some people were not a fan of the first season of What If. I loved it. What If is the name of the show. It focuses on alternate universes or alternate timelines from um, the the general Marvel continuity f- that's been shown in the movies. All of it is canon, so it is a part of the bigger story. But it, it it's like, if you have never seen it, it's basically... What if something happened differently in this story? So one of the first things is is Captain Carter, where what if Steve Rogers didn't take the super ser- the super soldier serum and uh, Peggy Carter took it, and she became Captain America, but really was Captain Carter because she's British. But bottom line is, what if was a great show, in my opinion, and you know a lot of people thought so too, that explored different parts of what Marvel had from different continuities, putting little spins on characters. It, the, sh- the, the show wrapped up well. The last two episodes were connected 
and actually connected the episodes that came before them, even though they at first felt disjointed because each was a separate individual story. They wrapped it up in the last two episodes. Great finale. Didn't even realize a season two was coming, but it makes sense. And I'm here for it. That's dropping uh, this week, actually. So by the time this episode of this podcast is out, and then depending on when you watch it, what if might have already come and gone? But they're doing them back to back. Like every day is going to be a new episode, not weekly. So the the seven or eight episodes, I think it is, I think it's like eight, all eight are going to air back to back every night. I'm here for it. Love it. I'm ready for it. It's going to hurt me because I won't get to see the reviews because after the episodes, I like to watch the review shows. I don't know how the review shows are going to keep up with the pace of a new episode every night, but whatever. When they get the reviews, I'm going to watch it. Um, what if looks like it's going to be great? It is animated. If you don't like cartoons, it's not your thing. Cool. For those of you who are here with me, what if drops this week on Disney Plus? Additionally, Echo. Now, I know I've talked about Echo before, but that's a character that was introduced in the in Hawkeye. And that was a more fun, upbeat, lighthearted show. Echo is getting her own show, which is going to be rated TVMA. That is a big deal because I watched the trailer for that and it looks good. It is dark. It is gritty. It is violent. It is giving all of the member berries from the Netflix um, series, particularly uh, Punisher and Daredevil, like graphic fights. They... They look good. They look well choreographed. Like, I'm excited for Echo. The studio is dropping it, all five episodes together in January. Like, you know, the, similarly, to, similarly to how Netflix did it when they would drop all 10 episodes and you could just binge it, that has not been Disney's formula. I know I've talked about this before. Um, this could be a good and a bad thing. It could show that the studio does not really have faith in the show, so they want to just get it out. It could also be that, hey, we know... This was how these things were released in the past, especially these extra violent ones. And because we know we have been not, we haven't been as well received lately as we were before, let's really just not, let's not try to get you to wait week after week for these. Let's put it all out at once and see how you, how you receive it. And I, I respect that. I believe Disney right now is taking steps to try to regain some of the trust that they lost over the last few movies, the last few properties, because not just movies, but even in the shows. So you give us a week of, of what if, then early January, you drop all five episodes of Echo. If people gravitate towards that, then you know, okay, we can we can get another streaming property out on Disney Plus, something good, something quality. But those two will buy you some time as a franchise to wait because not everybody's going to stream it as so and binge it as soon as it comes out. It's coming out over the holidays. So you'll get a lot of people who will watch them in January. I think it's smart. Makes sense. Um, I hope both shows are good. I look forward to both of them, especially in this start of the year where like the the, the quality and the level of my programming dips. Fortunately, I still have football, so I still have something to do on Sundays, and then I have my sports shows to watch on Mondays, but like, all of my shows are either um, at their season finales or they are going on break. So 
having those uh, two shows would would definitely help fill in the gap. Um, Rick and Morty just ended. Uh, the season was great. I'm sorry, it was a rough transition there, but I wanted to really. It, it I got. I looked over at my notes and got a little excited. Rick and Morty, one of my favorite shows, um, had an amazing season. A few a, a few episodes after the big mid season episode were a little meh. Like a couple of the episodes were kind of blah, but overall, strong season, well written, um, really well put together. They touched on enough canon stuff that gave those of us who wanted them to do more of that. It was satisfying for me, at least, the level that they did it, but they kept the typical Rick and Morty format of every every episode is its own kind of standalone adventure. So I liked what they did. I enjoyed the season. If you have not checked out the, uh, I think it's season seven, it's up to now. If you haven't checked out the season of Rick and Morty, go do so. The show is funny. It They had a little bit of a controversy regarding, uh, I think it was Dan Harmon, or Justin Roiland, one of the one of the co-creators of the show was in a little bit of trouble, and so he was re- he was let go from the show. But they kept it, and he did the voices of the main characters. Um, I will say that the the recasting the guy the, the whoever the new person is sounds he his Rick sounds exactly like Rick. The Morty does not. The Morty sounds more whiny and high pitched. But like they did a really good job of keeping of finding someone who was close enough that <coughs> it's not jarring to watch the show. Solar Opposites, another show made by the same creators that ran into the same problem because he was also the the voice of the main character. They went a different route. They re they recast him with someone that was going to be a guy with a like high British accent versus what people call was like um just another version of Rick in Solar Opposites. They addressed it publicly by saying, "Yeah, this is you know he lost his voice and they had a voice create a voice machine like it's a science fiction cartoon, so it's a lot of off the wall um, concepts. But the bottom line is they had a complete tonal shift and they met it head on and just said, "Yeah, and this is going to be us moving forward." And they never addressed it again, and I completely forgot about it. Right? Whereas with Rick and Morty, they found someone that sounded enough like Rick and Morty, and that also works. So. They have handled the the loss of the creator of one of the creators writer um, well, and Rick and Morty was a, a great season. Highly recommend. And lastly, in television, uh, I've been watching on Apple TV Plus or Apple Plus TV, whatever you call it, uh, Monarch. Legacy of Monsters, it has been so good. I cannot wait for the fina- for the season. That, not, not that I can't wait for the season. And I want to see how they wrap this up. I want to see how they get to the end of the season and if it's something that's going to be continuing. But basically, Monarch Legacy of Monsters follows the the company or the the agency. It's probably a better term that was tasked with recording and following the titans and for those for anybody who doesn't know what i'm talking about it 
Monarch was the agency in the background of the Godzilla movies. So the all the MonsterVerse films, Godzilla, King Kong, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and Godzilla vs. King Kong, those four movies, there's been an agency kind of in the backdrop called Monarch that was responsible for like, you know, creating outposts and, and monitoring them while they were in hibernation, blah, 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 because there were other monsters. Well, this show follows that agency and a, a little family drama by someone within it. So it's about the overall monster verse. Like there's been a few Godzilla scenes and they're talking about it. It takes place after the first Godzilla. So it's like right after he destroyed San Francisco, but pre King of Monsters. So it's look, it's like it's bridging a gap, which I like shows that do that when they're done well. Monarch has been a really good show. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm hoping that the season finale doesn't disappoint. Um, and if it does, I hope that they're already signed on for another season, so it doesn't matter. But I definitely recommend you check it out. Uh, it's streaming right now on Apple+. Plus. Um, so that is it. Those are the topics that were near and dear to my heart, the things I wanted to get to. Um, and I don't really I don't really think I have anything else. Nothing else on the sport is pressing. Hey, oh, all, real quick. If you are going out and you are doing good for people right now, if you are feeding the homeless, if you are doing toy drives, canned food drives, whatever you're doing, whatever way you are choosing to give back, um, I cannot stress this enough. Please, you don't have to film it and post it. You don't need to. You don't need to film and post a person in their struggle, some of them at the lowest point in their lives, not saying it's all of them, but whatever the case may be, someone who does not have a place to live, does not have enough um, items for, for Christmas, whatever the, the metric is that you're using for how you choose to give back, you don't need to record it and post it because that person doesn't need their struggle highlighted on your timeline for likes. That's nuts and super selfish. And you're now minimizing the good deed that you did by showing to to people that you only did it for likes and engagement rather than to just help or give back. And that may not have been your intention, but that's how it comes across to me and to a lot of people. So that said, like this holiday season, if you're out there and you're helping, you know, just put the phone down. That you you don't got to record and post, you know, what good things you do. Um, in the name of being good. So that's just a little something to take away. Little, little little thing that hit me that I wanted to get off my chest. So folks, that is it. We are at the end. Do not forget if you're in the DC area, January 1st is all about royalty. Seku Flex's annual New Year's Day gala. It is all inclusive food and drinks. Food will be provided by Island Boys Catering, so you already know it's going to be crazy. A uh, top DJ lineup will be in the building, and we are going to be dressed nice, going to get all our stuff together, come out with the crew and celebrate. They have tables and sections on sale. If you don't want to be just in the mix, you know you're going to be wearing your nice outfit, your suit, your ball gown, whatever. You want to stunt, you want to get a little table to keep you off the floor. Those are available to Hit Seku Flex, S-E-K-O-U Flex on Instagram. 
and you can get all the details and information. Like I said, I believe the tickets right now are only $60. So this is your chance. If you don't have New Year's Day plans and you're going to be in the DMV area, you have no reason to not come out to royalty. So um, that said, we hit just about all the topics we want to hit. I will not be meeting with you guys before the holidays. I don't believe. I don't see a scenario. I definitely won't do it before Christmas. I don't see a scenario where that week between Christmas and New Year's where this is going to happen. It might. If it does, great. If not, I want to say thank you to everyone who has reached out, who has hit me, who has offered topics, who have told me they're enjoying the podcast. And I want you guys to have a happy holiday. Again, I know I said this at the top, but I want you guys to have a happy holiday. Spend time with your family. Don't stress yourself out too much. You know, eat good, drink good. If you're in the gym, don't worry about the fitness this week. This is your week to indulge, get yourself together. Don't go too nuts, but you know, this is a time to kind of let yourself, let your, let your hair hang down a little bit. So that being said, happy holidays. Thank you guys for rocking with me. And in the 2024, we will be back. The Applying Logic podcast. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Do all of the good social media sharing, engagement stuff. And in the new year, I will be back.